Today we're continuing our message series, God's Power Continues. In this series, we're looking at how God's power was demonstrated in the book of Acts and how it continues into our day today. Of course, today is Mother's Day, and I'm going to be talking about how gospel power spreads. We're going to see the important role that mothers can play in spreading the gospel from a very unusual text that you probably never heard preached on Mother's Day. So it's going to be interesting. Today we're going to look again at the key verse in the book of Acts. It's Acts 1.8. And by now, I hope that you are actually beginning to memorize this verse. And so today, to help you in that quest, let's all read the verse together. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Very good. And so these were Jesus' instructions that were given to his disciples, what they were to do after they received the Spirit's power. It was to be his witnesses beginning in Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem was the location where they had been baptized in the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. That was where they were living That was their immediate location. And so this verse says, you will be my witnesses. That speaks not just to the disciples of Jesus' day, but to us today. Does that mean we have to go over to the Middle East, to Jerusalem, to begin to be witnesses? No, it means we need to ask ourselves, where is our Jerusalem? As a mother, where is your Jerusalem? And I would submit that as a mother, your Jerusalem is your family your immediate family. And today I'm going to be addressing the application of some biblical principles from the book of Acts to mothers. But if you're not a mother here today, they apply equally to everybody else. If you're a father, they apply to you. If you're younger, if you're older, if you're single, if you're married, these principles apply to each and every one of us. So don't just check out because I'm going to be talking about mothers here today. They apply to everyone. And so as a mother, your first responsibility as a witness for Jesus Christ, is to your children, the children that God has entrusted to you. As a witness for Jesus, God wants you as a mother to lead them to become disciples of Jesus. He wants you to show them what God is all about, what Jesus is like in everything that you say, in everything that you do. You are to be an image, a portrait of God, to your children. I'd like us to watch a short video called Mom's Portraits of God. So as a mother, God wants you to show your children and everybody else what he is like. To show your children his word. To show your children his grace. To show your children his love. His forgiveness. His wisdom. His protection. His power. And as you are a portrait of God to your children, it opens their hearts to experience God for themselves. This morning I'd like to tell you the story of how my mother led me to the Lord many, many, many years ago. My father was a pastor and my mom was a pastor's wife and so I went to church every meeting there was. There was no questions about it. 
I went on Sunday mornings and went on Sunday nights and went to prayer meeting on Wednesday nights, and I'm sure there were some other things I went to as well. And so I heard about God's Word. I heard about Jesus from little on. And I remember one evening, it was uh, July 30th, actually, the year shall remain unspoken. (laughs) And my mom came into my little bedroom and sat down with me on my bed. And uh, I had just turned four in May, a couple months before. And she had a little booklet with her entitled The Captain. And she began to read that little booklet. And I have that little booklet. I didn't bring it today, but I still have it at home. And she began to talk about how heaven was a beautiful place. Heaven was a perfect place. It was a wonderful place. And It was really a place that everybody should go to. But only those who were holy could go. And if you had sinned, you couldn't go to heaven. And it dawned on me that I had sinned. I had disobeyed my parents. And I began to cry because I realized I wouldn't be able to go to heaven. That was the bad news. But my mom continued to read the little book, and it came to some good news. And the good news was that God had sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven, that they might be washed away, that I could go to heaven someday. And I remember looking up at a picture on the wall. My little bedroom was a picture of Jesus' face or somebody's representation of Jesus' face. But I looked at that picture, and I realized how much he loved me. And I prayed a simple prayer with my mom. I asked Jesus to forgive my sins. And I asked him to be the Lord and the captain of my life. For some reason, that little book emphasized him being the captain. I was going to salute him. I was going to do everything that the captain said from that day forward for the rest of my life. And on that day, I became a believer many years ago, not because my parents were pastors, but because I put my faith and trust in Jesus. And my mom, who's 87, is here today, sitting over there by my wife, Carol. And I want to tell you, thanks, Mom, for leading me to Jesus all those years ago. It really was the greatest gift that you ever could have given to me. Thank you. And so mothers need the power of the Holy Spirit in order to be witnesses for Jesus, first to their families and then beyond. And so in today's message, we're going to look at an ordinary person, somebody who is faithful to be a witness for Jesus in his Jerusalem. And we're going to learn some principles that will help mothers Uh, be witnesses for Jesus in their world. First of all, we need to see problems as doorways for Jesus' power. Our story begins in Acts chapter 6, verse 1. It says, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. And so our story begins with something good. The church was growing. The church was increasing. 
Things were happening. The number of disciples or followers of Jesus Christ was, was growing. But this growth led to some problems. There was a controversy between the Jews who spoke Greek, which was the minority, and the Jews who spoke Hebrew, which were the majority. The Greek-speaking widows felt they were being overlooked in the food distribution. We don't know why. Perhaps people didn't understand the language or they just kind of got lost in the shuffle because there wasn't as many of them. But there was a complaint. Now, what was going on here? Well, in those days, widows really couldn't economically support themselves. You really couldn't get a job uh, as a widow. Normally, the Jewish synagogues took care of the widows. They were the, the care network that took care of Jewish widows. But the problem was that when you became a believer in Jesus Christ, what happened to you? You were kicked out of the synagogue, and so you were no longer cared for by the Jewish synagogue. And so the church took over the care of the widows. And so there was this complaint, there was this problem within the church between two groups of people that spoke different languages. Now, how could this problem be a doorway for God's power? Well, we're going to see the answer. When there are problems in life, we need to not always look to somebody else to solve the problem, but see how God could work in and through us to bring the solution. Verse 2, see what happened next. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. So there was a problem. What did people do? They looked to the leaders, the twelve apostles, and say, solve our problem. We have a problem here. What are we going to do? And the twelve basically said, well, God has given us a ministry. We have a ministry of the word. We are here to teach all of you, and there were thousands and thousands of believers by then, teach you God's word, and we are also called on to preach the gospel to those who do not yet know Jesus. And so we are just booked with all this stuff that God is calling us to do. We can't, well, if we would spend our time overseeing the finances of feeding these widows and getting the organization of the food, was, there are probably hundreds of widows that were involved. We couldn't do what God has called us to do. And so where was the solution to this problem going to come from? We're going to see it's going to come from the people who brought the complaint to the apostles from the Greek-speaking Jews. Now the solution to the problem is going to come from people who had prepared themselves by being full of the Spirit and wisdom. So the twelve apostles spoke to the to the crowd of people who were discussing the issue and said, brothers, oops, brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. So who does God use for his service? He uses people who are full of the spirit and full of wisdom. How do you become full of the spirit and wisdom? Well, you ask God for those things, and you take action. You spend time reading God's Word. You spend time praying, not just on Sunday mornings, but on a daily basis. You give yourself to God's will. You submit yourself to God's will, and you're willing to do whatever God asks you to do. And so seven men were chosen from the Greek-speaking Jews to be a solution to the problem at hand. And today we're going to focus on the first man that's uh, mentioned in the next verse, his name was Stephen, and he saw problems as a doorway to God's power being expressed. 
Now, what does this passage have to say to mothers? Well, our story begins with a complaint. Now, as a mother, have you ever heard a complaint from your children? There's no hands up. Come on. As a mother, have you ever heard a complaint from your children? Yeah, especially if you have more than one. Then you have the two factions, okay? And you hear a lot of complaints. It does happen. As a mother, have you ever faced problems, either from within your family or from outside the family? Yeah. Face problems and complaints. And there's two things, two ways you can go when you face problems and complaints. So first of all, you can, what comes easiest? Grumble and complain, right? Why is this happening to me? I can't handle this all. This is more than I can do. The second, the second way that we can respond is to see these complaints or problems as doorways for God to express His power, for God to move in our lives. God wants to use each and every mother to bring solutions to these complaints, to bring solutions to the problems that you face. As a mom, simply seek to be full of God's Spirit, full of God's wisdom. God gives us wisdom in His Word to deal with the things that arise in our lives. And so in the busyness of raising a family, be sure to take time to build and maintain your relationship with God by spending time each and every day reading God's Word and in prayer. In all the busyness, be sure to put God first place and He will give you the wisdom. He will fill you with His Spirit to deal with each and every issue that you may face. And as you do that, you'll be ready to believe God for the impossible. Back to our story in Acts, verse 5. This proposal, the proposal that seven men would be chosen to deal with the widow issue, pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. And so seven men were chosen to be a solution to the problem. We look at their names. These are Greek names, and so we know that they were men who were chosen from the Greek-speaking community, uh, the, the community that had an issue with the food distribution. The first man mentioned is Stephen. We're going to talk about him today. Not only was Stephen full of the Holy Spirit, that was one of the criterion for the choice, he was also full of faith. He had a great deal of faith. He believed God to do the impossible in his life. Stephen had faith to believe that God could use him just as he'd used the apostles up to this point. The apostles that had been chosen by Jesus himself. Stephen was not an apostle, but he didn't let that hinder him. He said, I believe I can be used of God in the same way that the apostles had been used. Stephen lived in submission to godly authority. They submitted, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. And so Stephen was submitted to the leadership of the church. The apostles were the leaders over the church at that point, and they prayed for him, they laid their hands on him, and basically ordained him for the task at hand to deal with the issue of the widows. And it was a much bigger issue than that than to bring unity in the church because there was discord, there was friction between two groups. And so God's true power operates in the lives of people who are submitted to godly authority. 
And obviously you have to be part of a church in order to have the blessing of godly authority over your life. And so Stephen began organizing the, with the other men, organizing the help for the Jewish Greek-speaking widows. And what was the result? Well, God's word spread and great power was demonstrated. Verse 7 and 8. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. And so once this widow issue was solved and unity was restored to the church, the word of God spread. The number of disciples or followers of Jesus Christ increased rapidly. In verse 8, we see Stephen is now described as full of God's grace and power. And so Stephen did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Now this is the very first instance in the book of Acts that someone other than an apostle was doing signs and wonders. And it shows us that God's power is not limited to the original 12 apostles. It's shown in Stephen's life and many others as we go through the book of Acts. Now how did Stephen start? He started with taking care of the widows. He started taking care of perhaps a behind-the-scenes task. And now was being used mightily in outreach to those who are not yet part of God's family. And so Stephen was faithful to God's direction. He believed God for the impossible. Now mothers, this morning, God wants to encourage you to believe God for the impossible as well. God wants you to believe God for the salvation of each and every one of your children. He wants you to believe for each child to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to believe for each child to marry a believing, a believer, a Christian spouse. He wants you to believe God for each and every children, that each and every child that they would serve God in a spirit-filled church. And so as a mother, God wants you to believe Him for your children, whether your children are still at home or your children have established homes of their own, God even wants you to believe him for your grandchildren as well. In some cases, it may seem like an impossible task if some have wandered from God. God wants you to keep believing for them. He wants to, you to cooperate with his vision for your children. As much as you are able, teach them God's word. Through your words, through your actions, through your attitudes, teach them what God is like and pray. Pray in the Spirit that God would touch their lives and bring them to Himself. Don't ever give up on your children and God's plan for their lives. Finally, be prepared for sacrifice. Acts 6, verse 12 says, So they stirred up the people... The elders and the teachers of the law, they seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified, this fellow never stopped speaking against his holy place and against the law. Now Stephen was doing all the right things. He was following God. We know by God's word he was full of the Spirit. He was full of grace. He was full of power. He was full of faith. Being mightily used by God to see many people come to Jesus. And whenever somebody is being used by God, what happens? What happens? 
Who does that annoy greatly? The enemy, we have an enemy. It greatly annoys Satan, and he stirs up people who are not believers to oppose the move of God. And that's what happened here. He began to stir up the unbelieving Jews and to silence Stephen. They began telling lies about Stephen and the things he'd been saying. Now, when Stephen was spreading God's word in the name of Jesus in Jerusalem, he knew it was risky. What had just happened? The apostles themselves had been arrested, put in jail, broken out of jail by an angel, captured again, and then flogged publicly for speaking in the name of Jesus. So Stephen knew it was risky, but he willingly sacrificed for the cause of Christ. He was prepared to sacrifice for his Lord and Savior because he knew that Jesus was with him. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen speaks to the Jews after he is uh, seized. He speaks to the Jews. He brings, uh, we don't have time to go into it. You can read in Acts chapter 7. He, he shows through the Old Testament how there's a pattern of Jews resisting the Holy Spirit and not submitting to God's will. And finally, they did not recognize that Jesus was the long-promised Messiah. And they condemned him to death. And so they were guilty of the death of Jesus Christ. And so as he spoke, it brought conviction to the hearts of the Jews that they had killed the Messiah. And what did they do? Well, it says in verse 54, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And so rather than repenting of their sins, the crowd became infuriated. They, they hated Stephen for what he was saying about them. And at that tense moment, the Bible says that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. And he looked up and he saw a vision. He saw God open heaven. He saw the glory of God in heaven. And he saw Jesus himself standing at the right hand of God. Now usually when the scripture speaks of Jesus, it says he is seated at the right hand of God, does it not? But here in honor of Stephen and his Witness for Jesus, as we'll see at the cost of his life, Jesus is standing, fully aware of what's going on, letting Stephen know that he is with him and that heaven is very real and was waiting for him. Rather than becoming angry or hateful at his persecutors and what they were going to do to him, Stephen showed them the heart of Jesus. He practiced forgiveness at all times. They began to stone him, which was the Jewish punishment for what they call blasphemy. Now, Stephen had not blasphemed at all, but they were condemning him. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. As he prayed, he could see Jesus. And then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep. And so Stephen, in the very last minutes of his life, was praying, was talking to Jesus. 
And he asked God to forgive the people who were throwing the stones at him. And so Stephen made the ultimate sacrifice. He gave his life for Jesus Christ and became the very first martyr that we read about in the book of Acts. Stephen was prepared to sacrifice his life and we read about him and honor his memory today. And one day we'll meet him in heaven with his Savior as well. What about moms? Well, as mothers, you're going to face opposition too. As you seek to follow God's plan for your children's life and for your family. You're going to have internal family conflicts. You're going to have external attacks against you and your family. But stand strong for Jesus. Don't give up. Be prepared to sacrifice for the sake of Jesus and his plan for your children and your family. You know, right now in America today, you are most likely not going to be called on to sacrifice your physical life. That may change in the future, but right now, you're probably not going to be called to sacrifice your life as Stephen did. But it will take sacrifice to stand for Jesus in our society and culture today. There are many in our society who will seek to turn your children away from following God, who will seek to turn your children away from a relationship with Jesus Christ, who will seek to destroy your children through temptations and sin of every kind. And it will take sacrifice to stand for Jesus against those hostile forces. But even as you come in conflict with those who may seek to lead your children astray, remember to practice forgiveness and not harbor hatred or bitterness in your heart. Let your children see Jesus in your attitudes, in your words, and in your actions. And as you do, God will make sure that your sacrifice as a mom is not in vain, and He will bring blessing into your children's lives. So this morning we've looked at a very unusual text for a Mother's Day message. I understand that, but I trust that you can identify with some of the principles that made Stephen a success in God's eye. Some of the principles that enabled him to influence people for Jesus Christ in his short life. And when you face problems as a mom, as a mother, see them as doorways for God to demonstrate his power, for God to help you find a solution, for God to work a miracle. Believe God for the impossible. For yourself, for your children, and for your family. Understand that following Jesus always involves sacrifice. It's not always a bed of roses. But also believe that with that sacrifice, it will be worth it. And God will work through you to see your children grow, mature, as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. This morning I'd like to give an opportunity, if there's anyone here who's not a follower or disciple of Jesus Christ, to become to become one. To do that, we're going to pray a simple prayer, three parts. First of all, admitting that you've sinned, that you've done wrong things, just as I did many years ago as I prayed with my mom. Secondly, believe that Jesus died on the cross, that your sins might be forgiven and rose 
from the dead. And finally, commit your life to following Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as the captain of your life. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a prayer. And if you've never prayed a prayer like this before, or perhaps you have, but you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ this morning, I'd encourage you to pray along with me. Say something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've done wrong things. I've, I've sinned. I'm guilty. But I also believe that Jesus died on the cross, lived a perfect life, took my sins upon himself, and paid the penalty that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead, and I commit my life to following him as my Lord and Savior all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. And for the rest of us, let's continue to pray for ourselves. Father, we thank you today for each and every mother that's represented here. We thank you for the life that you've blessed us with through them. We thank you for the love that they've shown us as they've raised us. God, we pray that each mother here today would see the problems they face as doorways, as opportunities for your power to be demonstrated. Help each mom to be full of your spirit. Help them to believe you, to have the faith to believe you for the impossible. That each child, we pray for each child of every mother here and each grandchild, that each one would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and serve him all of their days. And when each mother has to sacrifice, God, we pray that they may know that you are with them, just as Jesus was with Stephen you are with each and every mother in the difficult decisions and sacrifices that they have to make each and every day. We pray, God, that you'd strengthen and encourage each mother here today and bless them richly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.